Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insight into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. It is so exciting to welcome you into 2024. And I know that so many of you have a lot of expectation. Some of you maybe made your New Year goal list or other ones habits list. I remember a couple of years ago, I made instead of the to-do list, which is very common, I made the to-be list. What, a, what do I want to become this year? And focusing on some of the things that looks like Jesus that I wanted to be so that I could become, so I could release. So it is an amazing year. I just took a few moments as I came from Norway, right before that in the Philippines, and just reflected over 2023. And usually I have a tendency to make a lot of uh, goals and setting up a lot of lists and some things you accomplish and some things you don't. And this year I don't have a whole lot in regard to uh, what I'm supposed to focusing on, but there's only a couple of few things. And uh, in the end of last year, while we were in the Philippines, uh, there was something that just hit me and I'm just going to share the testimony. And uh, one of the guys that came up um, uh, to see us, his name is uh, Mervin. And Mervin, uh, he is a medical doctor in Mindanao, but he is also a pastor. And he was sharing the story, him and his wife, we spent about a half a day together. But he shared about that in, during COVID, when everybody else was in a dark season and it was a crisis season, and it seems like they were losing the harvest. Uh, the church was going down, they were shutting down things and everything else. And then one of the church members died. And they called, actually, the family called him. And he was thinking, actually, because it was one of those dark moments and dark season. He's thinking, why don't you call the hospital or call somebody else instead of me? Uh, but they called him with some expectation, but also with some sadness. And as they called him, they eventually brought the dead person to him. And Mervyn was just telling that uh, he was thinking, why didn't you bring him to the hospital? But then he realized that you know, Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever. And as a medical doctor, he already tested and checked and realized that the science was very clear, that the person had been dead and been dead for a while. But he knew what he needed to do. He called on the name of Jesus Christ, and through his big surprise, Jesus showed up. Jesus raised the person from the dead, and something started. Something has actually been released in him. And when I heard uh, this story and the testimony, because later on when the hospital was full with COVID and ambulances they didn't know what to do, they started to hear the testimony of Jesus. They started to bring the ambulances with sick people and these people were getting healed. And that started a whole process of not just the church growing, uh, but uh, a movement started to grow and the harvest season came in. And the reason I'm putting that into perspective it is that sometimes it is during the winter season when it seems like everything is dying, but underneath the ground there is these seeds that is just waiting to be able to be sprout forth. And that's what happened. The testimony in the last year, they had seen over 80 
thousand new names added to the Lamb's Book of Life, including many, many Muslims have encountered God that looks like Jesus and got gloriously saved. One of the testimony of one of these girls, he was part of one of the radical streams, and I was just watching as they were baptizing that person. They sent me some of the pictures. So I'm just putting this into perspective because 2024 for GMA as a family, it is harvest time. It is harvest time. And I know that many of us, when we are hearing that word, we know some of the scripture verses, we automatically maybe are thinking about a farm terminology. And of course, that's where we take it from. But I wanted to put it as a whole theme for the year because I realized we are living during a season when it is harvest time. And the way you think is very differently. And I learned that long time ago. As a young boy, we had a friend who worked on a farm. And I still remember my friend in the winter season, there was very little things to do or perhaps not as much in spring and summer. But as soon as it was harvest, it was these 18-hour days. It was this eyes on the harvest, a vision for the harvest. It was a passion for the harvest. I mean, they worked a night and day during that season. It was not the time to blink the eyes. It was not the time to be distracted. No, it was harvest time, and the harvest was ripe. And that's what I started to sense in the spirit in the end of last year. And our family in the Philippines, actually during this week, they are just also preparing all of the different harvesters for harvest. The different churches and the lighthouses of love, we are preparing the barns because the harvest is actually ripe in this season. When you know that, then the way that you live your life and the way that you love, the way you wake up in the morning with purpose and passion is different. I wanted to start by reading some scripture verses to you that God gave me as kind of a framework for this year. And it sounds like it, it doesn't have anything directly to do with the harvest, but it does. And it is taken from Ephesians 5. Each year I am meditating and I'm asking the Lord, like in 2023, the scripture verses, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. Learn from me because I am low and meek or humble in heart and I give you rest for your soul. Pretty much every day in every way through 365 days, those verses help to sustain me. They help to give me fresh even when you walk through the valley of shadow of death, you fear no evil because he is with you, because you realize that he's going to carry that with you. That's what happens when you're suddenly tapping into a verse that God gives you for the year. If you don't have a verse for this year, you tap into these verses with me and it becomes your verses. And if not, also, I think there's going to be some things that we're going to tap in throughout this year. And it is taken from Ephesians 5, and I'm actually going to read from New Living Translation, which is unusual, but my daughter had given me this Bible, and so I thought it was very, very precious to read from that. And it is from verse 15. We're going to start on verse 15 and read a couple of verses. It says, so be careful, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. I will add an extra verse that I hadn't planned, but don't be drunk by wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, by being filled by the Holy Spirit. I am not going to unpack this so much in this session, but I wanted to just put as an overall 
picture that what the scripture here describes very, very clearly, it is that we need to be careful, be cautious, or to put it in the opposite. Don't be careless. Don't wake up in the morning and just go through life. Be very, very careful how you live. How do you live and how do you represent God on a daily basis? When you wake up in the morning, what are you focusing on? And don't live like fools. Fools, they just kind of go through and they are maybe reactive instead of proactive. Fools, they suddenly are not even aware of that, that somehow the God that they represent is maybe not a very good God that is actually then in the next moment making it hard, excuse me, making it easy for people to not receive this message. And right now we are living in a culture that somehow is looking for a God that looks like Jesus. And if they don't find that to ordinary people like us, there's a lot of fools that is out there that is suddenly they are jumping on all these wagons, fighting the wrong fights, listening to certain prophecies that is not bringing glory to Jesus. They are getting involved in a lot of the political or religious spirit in this season. And there's so many fools, and you can see that, that are just jumping on all kinds of wagons, sometimes out of desperation. So there's a warning sign. Don't live like fools. That's financially, that's with your health, that's in relationship, that's especially the way you represent Jesus. But like those who are wise, live like a wise person. Let wisdom, wisdom guide your life. It is not always about what is right or wrong in this situation, but what is wise or what will be unwise. So bring wisdom into your life. And wisdom comes from a place where there is peace and there is shalom. And make the most out of every opportunity, meaning that every single day is a gift when you wake up in the morning. Make the most out of it. There's a lot of people that even as they, they had all these goals last year, financially goal, but if you're looking at the sheet, there is no difference. They had health goals and bought gym memberships. And I've been there several different times, but there is not a whole lot of different things because of they did not make the most out of every opportunity that God gave them. And every day there is opportunity to be able to bring glory to Him. Every opportunity there is to tap into His grace, tap into the gifts of the Spirit that He has given us so that we can live and love well. Don't act thoughtlessly, meaning being aware, live with a renewed mind, think like God, think about every situation because we are these days are evil days. And I think every one of us can look at the diagnosis and see the health condition, what's going on in the world. We are not talking about just the war going on in the Middle East, but even now with the political tension, we're heading into a year where there's going to be a lot of tension. We're living in a season where a lot of things that is evil, people call good, and what is good, they call evil. So we are living in those days. And what he is saying here very clearly is that Paul is saying, make sure that you make most of every opportunity because there are evil days. The diagnosis is you're going to live in evil days, but in the middle of it, there's going to be some people, they live a wise life, they're waking up in the morning with purpose and passion, and they're making sure that every opportunity where there is darkness, light is turned on. Where there is fear, love comes in. Where there is lack, provision comes in. There are people that are dreaming with God. There are people that are making a difference, and they are the difference makers. So as we are talking about the harvest that is so ripe in the middle of it, and then there is one more, and it says, do not be drunk by wine. It's going to ruin your life. Instead, be filled by the Holy Spirit. And I've often used this that I said, if I were to show up drunk on a Sunday morning when I'm preaching in a church and everybody could smell alcohol and they could see that I was not very clear-minded, stumbling, coming up on the stage, could hardly talk and everything else, 
I think that, yeah, probably, and they should, they should stop the service and probably leave me out of that. And there probably will be a long time before somebody will listen to what I have to say. But I want you to see that there are two different commands. At first it says, do not be drunk by wine. And we all said that is wrong. That it would be very, very wrong for anyone because it's going to ruin your life. But the second part of it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. How does it look like? Because it is as, as much of a crime to not be filled by the Holy Spirit, but not by being controlled by the Holy Spirit. When the supernatural is not natural in your life, that is as wrong as being drunk by wine. So those two are together. This is a season to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And the purpose of the filling is the spilling. So I'm putting that just as a framework as we're going to look at this year. And we're going to look at the harvest and we're going to see that it is harvest time. So this is an invitation as we are now living in a world with over about 8 billion people. And we're living in a shaking that probably it's been a long time since the world of experiencing this shaking that is affecting every aspect of life. But in the middle of it, God says, Arise and shine for your light has come. The greatest harvest, end time is harvest time. Let me say that one more time. The end time is actually the harvest time. The closer we get to the end of time, the closer we get to the second coming of Jesus, the greater the harvest is going to be. So when we are seeing a lot of these different signs, there's people right now that are being distracted. They are not making, they're looking at the watch, if I put it in that way, instead of looking at the harvest. And then I was just thinking about also what Jesus says, that the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So we are seeing here that Jesus is just telling us that, hey, there's about 8 billion people. There's all kinds of people. And of all those different people that are out there, so many of these people are lost. With everything that's going on, with all of the different crises, he's saying this is a season for us to start to pray having a passion for prayer and a compassion for people. Let me say that one more time. Having a passion for prayer, because you know that without Him you can't do nothing. The passion for prayer is coming, Jesus, I need you. And I need you, God, to send out some laborers. I need you to send up some ambassadors of love. And you say, what is that? Love ambassadors that can represent the King. And in John 20, 21, Jesus said, as the Father sent me, I also send you. The love ambassadors, if you remember so clearly the framework, it was a God that loved this world so much that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus was sent by the Father, but it was God's love that was the motivating fact. So God is love, 1 John 4, 16. When we represent God's love to this world so the world can know how good God is, but also how loved they are. And realizing what sin have done is to separate them from that love. And a lot of the different things that they're doing to medicate, to be able to meet those different needs, the people that are out there, if that's the drug addiction, the fentanyls that has coming in, to what we're seeing is happening on the border, what's happening now, even in the whole political climate. And we can just go on and on and on with all of the things that is going on. Creation right now is just moaning and groaning for the manifestation of the sons and daughters to be revealed. And I feel here is part of our assignment for this year. And I'm just sharing my heart today. I know I'm going to rattle a little bit off because you're going to unpack this more in the future. But my heart is to raise up 
ambassadors of love, for you to become an ambassador of love, to be able to make sure that you represent King Jesus well. If you're a school teacher, that you will wake up in the morning and say, thank God this is Monday, and you will go into that classroom, represent King Jesus, knowing the atmosphere and the culture that he has called you to be in, knowing each one of those students where other people are maybe looking at ADHD, but you see creativity, where other people treat people based upon history, you would treat people based upon their destiny because you know who you are as an ambassador of love. There's a whole different thing instead of saying, I owe, I owe, and off to work I go. And then you're just going into work and you're struggling and you're striving and then you're looking forward to Sunday to happen where you can go to church, kind of get another shot, getting something else so that you can make it through these difficult days, these evil days. Paul says, hey, being aware of, we are living during evil days, but you're not going to be like a fool. You're going to be wise. And this is what we are looking for, ambassadors of love that will represent the king, that will be full of power, full of love, and they will also be full of wisdom. And that's what Paul was describing here. People that are wise. If you are a marketplace guy, you're a business guy, just as I just met with a couple of business people, and they touched my heart. They came from Malaysia to see us while we were in the Philippines. And they are waking up in the morning with a different purpose and passion than just to make money. They are in the marketplace, but they are ambassadors of love in the marketplace. And when they realize as love ambassadors and they're waking up, how do I represent the king in the businesses God has created? And when they realize then around that a lot of refugees was coming in from Syria, from Pakistan and from throughout the Middle East was coming into Malaysia. They're realizing, wow, they captured the king's heart for those refugees, realizing that Jesus was also a refugee one when he ended up in Egypt and somebody took care of Jesus. So instead of this, well, we are against them, they suddenly stepping in and said, we're going to be an answer to the problem. So the very thing that we, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that was their prayer. So whatever was in heaven, they wanted to see that in earth. And then what happens was they started to find out and build relationship and what are some of the needs of those people. And then they started to create businesses, hospitality businesses. They started to create other businesses. And then out of that, they started to host them. So right now they have apartments, where the Pakistani are living, and the Pakistanis now have church. So they're working in a business. So instead of saying just the refugees are just bad and evil and all of those things, they are suddenly stepping in and they're starting to becoming a solution to some of those problems. And in the middle of it, they're bringing the kingdom and they're bringing in the king. And the transformational stories of lives that came, there was in a desperate situation of these Muslims that are meeting Jesus, being changed by Jesus because there was these change agents that realized that, now we're not just running a business, but our business exists. And they had that purpose. They had that vision because they are harvester and they realize it is harvest time. And I was just sitting there and listening to them as they are starting more and more businesses. And again, the way they were thinking now as they were even sending back again and wanted to start some businesses in some of those countries where there's little love, little gospel, they're now going to send them as an ambassadors of love. And that's when I was thinking about the story that I love because Jesus is my favorite ambassador of love. When the Father sent Jesus, and one of my favorite stories is the story there in John chapter 4 about the Samaritan woman. And when this Samaritan woman, Jesus, was heading into Samaria, and this would be one of those places that as a Jew, people wouldn't go. So first of all, you have a lot of culture issue. And here's as ambassadors of love with wisdom, we need to know how do we navigate a lot of these culture issues. 
that Jesus is stepping in and here is this woman in the middle of the day that is coming when other people wouldn't come and draw water. And then Jesus does something. He starts to ask her for a favor to get water for me. Eventually, this starts a conversation and some of the questions that's being asked that leads to the Samaritan woman suddenly realizing she starts with vulnerability and share a little bit of her story. And then Jesus talks and he asks a question, I mean, in a sense of about her husband and realize that, hey, he says, you have had five husbands and now you're living with a man you do not live in. He didn't do that out of condemnation, but invitation because ambassadors of love are coming in and they see the very treasure that is in people. And it is not dear to coming in and just bringing conviction or condemnation, but it is coming there with a ministry of reconciliation to be able to represent God before people. And Jesus had such a view of the God that he realized that the Samaritan woman that other people would say deserved judgment and she is a sinner or she is a loose woman. We do not know even the story behind the scene. Perhaps this woman, and you do not know the story of some of the other people behind their scene, but perhaps this woman, because according to Middle Eastern tradition, the men could just divorce them. Maybe she has gone through five relationships where she was innocent, but they just threw her aside and she had gone from one rejection to the other rejection. But here, the king of kings who are representing a God in a perfect way that is showing us an example. The one that said, as the Father sent me, I send you. And he sent us with the same love, with the same heart, with the same passion, with the same compassion for people as he came. But the story of transformation was taking place in this Samaritan woman as he starts to reveal who he is to her. And she was realizing there is a Messiah when he then says that I am that Messiah. And she realized that, that he was not just a prophet, he is the Messiah. The King of kings and the Lord of lords were coming in. And this is the significant is when royalty comes in and serve in the way that Jesus did. It led to such a transformation. And then later on, we're hearing this story about how she went to talk about Jesus. And that's when Jesus is describing about this harvest. He says, hey guys, being aware, when the disciples were wondering, Jesus, what are you doing with this Samaritan woman? And they are hearing this story. What are you doing here? It's like you've been around unclean people. But instead, uh, Jesus started to tell them the story. Hey, guys, do not say that the harvest is going to be four more months. Actually, this harvest time right now. The harvest is so ripe. And then Jesus starts to describe to the disciple. And he says, look, now it is time to pray. Look, and then it is time to pray. And it is time for us to see how ripe the harvest is. People have not rejected Jesus. They have just rejected many times the versions that we have shown them of Jesus. And I thought it was so nice when I saw uh, Hulk Hogan that just got saved. And there's been quite a few other key people have just received Jesus. That somebody was an ambassador of love that represented King Jesus in the right way. And that's what my heart is for every single person in the classroom. Everyone when they're going into a business or work for the business, hopefully that the business owner will be a love ambassador in that business. Not just the CEO or if you are the chief financial officer or chief operating officer, it doesn't matter what you're called to do. Or right down the streets from here is some of the movie studios that we will have love ambassadors inside that media mountain that will represent good news in the middle of it. Because there's plenty of people that wake up in the morning with uncertainties and struggles and all these different problems. But love ambassadors, and we're going to learn about all the gifts of the Spirit that's going to be available in your toolbox to be a love ambassador. And then you can have a word of knowledge. You can bring healing. You can bring light. You can bring life. You can bring wisdom to solve solutions that the company 
company meals there. And as a result, you would grow in favor with God and you would grow with favor with men. So let me put a couple of more things connected to the framework here from John chapter Oh, wow. John chapter 4 here. And I'm just going to look. I just wanted to read a couple of these verses when Jesus says, uh, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when there will no longer be whether you're going to worship the Father on this mountain or Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the worship. But Jesus knows all about it. But the time is coming indeed and the time is now. The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Because the Father is looking for those who worship Him this way. Because God is spirit and who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And then the woman says, I know the Messiah is coming. And he says, I am the Messiah. And later on, you will start to see the Samaritan. There was a transformation that took place. Hearing the testimony of this woman, I don't know if she suddenly was walking there with her head bowed and oppressed for people. I know the culture that she was living in, but whatever that situation was like. But when she left that well and she came back, she was on fire. She was full of passion. She had met the Messiah. She was a contagious Christian. Do you know something about her? She had become a love ambassador. She hadn't gone through all of the training. And the good news for any one of you, if you feel, well, I feel a little inadequate to be a love ambassador in my home. I feel a little inadequate, perhaps, to be able to know what love looks like and what love requires in any situation. Or perhaps tapping into the wisdom or the power that is needed to be able to represent the God that looks like Jesus. If you are in that situation, I do have some good news because we provided a master class and we put together, it actually was a 12-week training that helped so many different people that we took them through a journey of transformation where you will discover your identity and the intimacy, have a baptism of love, dealing with whatever is the fear, shame, guilt issue in your life, but getting the tools that is needed for you to be equipped. So this is just for you to say yes. I want to be a love ambassador. We want to help you to be able to become the best ambassador for Jesus that the world has ever seen. Because we do want to make it hard for people to go to hell and easy for people to go to heaven. And then we're also interviewing other love ambassadors that is doing this very well. People like Heidi Baker, people like Randy Clark or Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton and other friends. So we have also access to other people. Some of them have mastered different areas that can help us to be able to tap into some of the wisdom, some of the power and some of the love, some of the processes they've gone through to become a love ambassador. So if you are considering this year that I would like to start this year by investing in love, I would like to represent Jesus well. I do want to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, but then I also want to do what Jesus would do in any situation. Let me say that again. I want to be a love ambassador. Even if you wanted to make that confession, say, I want to be a love ambassador. The Bible says an ambassador of Christ, a minister of reconciliation. I do want to be a love ambassador. And I do want to be with Jesus. He's the king of my life. He's the Lord of my life. I do want to become like him. I want to be able to represent God just like Jesus did. As he said, as the Father sent me, I send you. And he gave the power, and we're going to look at that later on in another session, the power to be 
the very thing that he has called us to do so that we operate with the Holy Spirit, so that we're living a spirit-filled life, that we don't try to do it alone. We don't do it in our flesh, but we're tapping into God's ability because only he can do what only he can do to bring glory to himself. So it has to come from him, go through him and back to him. So the love ambassador training, the master training, we call the blueprint for kingdom identity, which is going to give you the foundation of how to be a love ambassador. So to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus and live and love like Jesus do. A couple of more little teaser connected to this about a love ambassador. Uh, first of all, the Bible says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. That was Papa Jack's life verses, my spiritual father. And I understand why, because if each one of us, if there was one goal this year, what would it look like if every one of us was just seeking first his kingdom, not our kingdom, but his kingdom, the rule and the reign of Jesus in every area of our life and his righteousness, that meaning his way of doing things, his life, his love, the way that he operated. It is his righteousness, not our righteousness. And he will give us all the other things that we need pertaining to life and godliness. That is an amazing verse. But here for the love ambassador, first of all, they know, they know, they know they are on a mission. We are on a mission. You are not just here on the earth surviving, but you are here thriving because you're realizing that for a short period of time, what he has done is he has sent you to be able to represent him and to represent him well. So you have a purpose, you have a passion when you wake up in the morning, and that's the difference. So you know your mission, your mission why you are here. And different ones of us have a different part of that as my holy ambition is, and I'm going to do a whole session why I feel like the Apostle Paul, Romans 15, 20, that I have this holy ambition to take this gospel of the kingdom and to be able to preach it with a gospel that's never been preached before so I don't build on anybody else's foundation. That's what Paul said. So my major purpose and passion is a twofold. One of them is to take the gospel to the ones that has never done that before. And the second part of it is to be able to raise up, and that is to equip to empower and send out ambassadors of love in every area of life that will eventually start to make difference in cities, that will eventually be involved in discipling nations. So know your mission. And it's not just knowing the mission and the foreign land that God has called you to do, but you also know the value system of the king. You know the language of the king. You do also understanding the authority that the king has given you. You're understanding that as an ambassador, when you're suddenly now representing heaven, you need to understand what the culture of heaven is like if you're going to represent here and you're representing heaven on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So congratulations, what is it that is in heaven that God wants to see implemented here on earth to establish heaven on earth? That is according to the book of Isaiah. And that's very important for us to know the mission of this king, but also to understanding the culture that he has called you to be with. And this is important because we are living during a season where there's a war on worldview. And we're going to do a lot on the war on worldview, meaning there's different lenses that people have 
on. Right now, in a post-Christian society, it's not enough for me to come and say, well, here's what the Bible says, because they say, hey, I don't believe in the Bible. It's not enough any longer to be able to come into a culture and say, hey, this is right and this is wrong, because they have their own opinion of what is right and wrong. So for us here now, from a wisdom perspective, how do you eventually, knowing what is overt and covert, how do you even as an ambassador of love, knowing heaven, knowing the culture of heaven, knowing the mission of heaven, but also understanding the culture that he has called you to live in. So if that's in the marketplace, or if that's in education, or if that's in the media, or for some of you, if that's in church setting, or as an evangelist, or if it is with the young people and the next generation, then it is very important for us to be able to understand that culture, to understand how they think, understanding the lenses of learning and being educated by the lenses they have on. Then also being aware of what is the kingdom lenses and what's the difference between them. But then it's going to be so important for us also to be able to translate. This is so important because I've learned that being a Norwegian, I have learned that because English and um, English is my second language, but to learning how to translate. How do we translate the language of heaven so that when I spoke a little earlier to a Muslim leader, the way I speak that language it will be very, very differently than when I'm talking to my neighbor. It's very, very different when I'm talking to this Muslim imam than how I'm just talking to an average person or raised up in a church that is a backslider. So for you to understand then how to translate the language of heaven in such a way that the blind eyes can see it and the deaf ears can hear it. So that when you are doing this, you're learning how to connect to people. You're learning to ask the right kind of a question. You're learning how to deal with the root issues. You're learning the wisdom of knowing at that moment, if you're going to go underneath the radar, planting a seed, and then at the next moment later on, somebody else gets to harvest. We are all harvesters, and it is harvest season, and we're all called to be ambassadors of love. But some of us, we are not even aware that we are called to be that. So then you are strangers, or then you become aliens in this world. And then you will just go through life here to survive. And it is not a very eternal position to have. It's to stand before the king and knowing that you have the one life to live and so much love to give that you were not able to bring glory to him. Glory is taking place when a fish is in water, it starts to swim, it becomes alive. When an eagle is in the sky and it's sore, glory is being released because it was born for that, it was created for that. You and I to represent heaven, to represent the king, to represent love and to do it in a real way full of love, full of power, and full of wisdom to show the world a God that looks like Jesus. So to understanding the culture that we're living in and learning how to translate the gospel, which is the good news message, in such a way that people will be able to receive it. And it is a season to see so many new names added to the Lamb's Book of Life. And we do not need more decisions. We need more disciples. It is not to get people to have a prayer but it is eventually for people to suddenly surrender to a king. And this king, he's inviting you into lordship. He's inviting you into surrender to love. He's inviting you into a place of surrender, which is going to be the place of exchange. And I wanted to pray for you right now. But don't forget that we have here, and we're going to put on the screen this little masterclass that you have an opportunity to go through. This fall, we're going to actually launch the whole training for reigning for these ambassadors of love, and we want to see it in every areas of society. 
I had an encounter in Brazil on the floor where again I started to feel that I want to invest the rest of my life to raise up people that will represent the king well. And even yesterday, as I had a granny mom calling me, reminding me because he calls me the ambassador of love, I realized that I've been on a process for many, many, many years to learning to know how to be able to uh, learning to represent the king a little bit better. Uh, I have a lot to grow and there's a lot of areas that I would like to also tap into this year since it is harvest season. So Father, I just thank you so much for each person that is out there. And I know some people are just they're waking up this year and just knowing they feel a little overwhelmed. And I do believe with all of my heart, whatever overwhelms us will shape us. I just ask that even this year, as we starting this year, that we get back to the basics. Just go back to the first love. Go back to receiving love so that we can become love and that we can give love. Get back into what gives us purpose and passion. To get back to this is the very thing that Paul described, the very thing that you are called to. What are you called to do? And you say, I'm not totally sure about my calling. I can give you the assurance of a calling. And that is that you are called to be an ambassador of Christ, an ambassador of love, a love ambassador. You are called to represent the King on a daily basis. You are called to not be foolish, but to be wise. In the days of evil, you're going to make the most of every opportunity. You're not going to be drunk by one, but you're going to learn how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to be controlled by the Spirit, because the kingdom is in the Spirit. And you're to represent a God that looks like Jesus to the people that is around you. And if you're a businessman, you're going to raise up kingdom businesses. If you're on education, you're going to change that. If you're on healthcare, you're going to touch that. If you're going to be in the movie business, you're going to have access to creativity like the world has not seen yet before because that you're realizing that you have a purpose and a passion and you're becoming alive. And yes, in this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer because Jesus says, I have overcome the world. So I'm just releasing at this very moment, just a hunger and a thirst for you, King Jesus. Just let this appetite to be able to wake up in the morning and see, see how good you are but also to see how loved you are. And hear the invitation of the King. I'm looking and I'm calling for some love ambassadors that will represent me, represent me. Who will go? Who can I send? And I hope that everyone that is out there will be like Isaiah, where we say, here am I, send me. I bless you with that in Jesus' name. Amen. And remember, if you need training, we do have a master's class. And the manual book for this year is the Love Awakening book that is going to help you to be an ambassador of love. Get hold of some of the resources so that I look forward for us to walk together so that we can be everything that He has called us to be this year. God bless you and Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif Hetland on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.